Welcome, uh, one and all, to uh, the the Door Monster podcast. God damn it! What is it called? The Death of YouTube. This podcast. See, that was that was uh, shaping where... up to be like a really nice like funeral like eulogy speech. <laughs> Welcome, one and all, to the, like a very like a like a moment like a rent moment like to the death of Bohemia. Um, but we didn't get but there. I, but I but nope, I don't come prepared to any of these. And <laughs> just dive in. So. Uh, welcome to the Death of YouTube podcast. I'm Kyle. This is Ian. Howdy. Uh, we are uh, two washed-up YouTubers who used to have a very popular YouTube channel that is uh, sort of plateaued. Uh, I now do it by myself. That doesn't matter. We're back in time today. We back are. In good old 2014 because we're going through and reviewing all of our old videos from when we first started doing them weekly. And we finally got to the first video released on a weekly schedule. Yeah, we did. Look at that. It only took it us uh, seven, eight, eight, nine, ten episodes. Um, <laughs> I think five. I think this I, is episode this, five. This is uh, we, we zero index them, so it's impossible right, to sorry. tell. Episode four. Why did I let you talk me into this? <laughs> this is just what I do to people. I'm, I, I'm, people think of me as the like the angel on your shoulder, but I'm literally only ever like not even the devil. The devil has intention. I am actually, I'm just the spinning the in between guy. I, I like the spinning, a uh, loading icon on your shoulder. <laughs> the clippy on my, yeah. <laughs> on my shoulder. It looks like you're trying to format a PowerPoint. Sure. Ament. <laughs> let's go. Uh, well, so this, uh, this, this video, our first video is Minecraft is intense. And, uh, this was the first video that I started making, uh, on on a weekly schedule right after we released the door monster video which i mentioned at the end of the last episode but in case you didn't listen to the last episode basically uh in november of 2014 we put up this halloween video uh and uh it blew up and i decided i had already been thinking at the start of the next year i was going to start doing weekly videos and see how it went for an entire year but since door monster blew up i uh i made I decided to start it that that day, actually. I, I'm pretty sure we filmed the video. I edited it the next day. It it got big on Reddit on that, like, Sunday. And then the day after, I went and started filming Minecraft as Intense. Right. That, make, that, um, that, that checks out. I like yeah. how you provide all these... I, I, I'm still uh, pitching this to the hypothetical audience of Jorgen, who is a man in a cell who only has a play next death of YouTube button on his wall. Well, actually, in the interest of trying to make it a little bit more uh, widely accessible, uh, I thought I'd give some context as to what was going on in the world at this time. Uh, according to OnThisDay.com, on November 10th, 2014... <laughs> Okay. Uh, the Hunger Games, Mockingjay Part 1, uh, premiered in London. Uptown Funk by Bruno Mars was released. And uh, the number one song in America was Shake It Off by Taylor Swift. And maybe should have stayed that way and the world would have been a better place. Well, see, and here we are, uh, uh, like, uh, 78 years later, and uh, 1989 <laughs> Taylor's version is about to come out. Uh, and we're about to have uh, Shake It Off again be the... You know it's going to be number one again, right? Like, there's, there's no way it's not. So... Yeah, no, we're trapped in an infinite loop. That's why we're doing this podcast. Oh, you're right, actually. Does this also mean if if so if if uh, Mockingjay Part One just came out, right? That means uh, did so. Uh, does that mean that our acting, like our our true acting, Irv, uh, does not overlap with Philip Seymour Hoffman's at all, right? That's a that's a weird fact to have pointed out, but you're <laughs> correct. <laughs> just because I remember him being in the first Mockingjay, but not the second, because he died in between, right? Like, yeah, true. Uh, did, but I'm not sure. Did he make it to the premiere of the first one? I I, did, I mean, you must not have, right? Because they were filming them both at the same time. I yeah, they filmed them back to back, I guess, right? So, 
This is also me trying to remember what was going on at the time, so I'm right. not entirely sure. I also have the Wayback Machine pulled open for nice. just the YouTube homepage at the time. Oh, what's up? Let's see. The popular right now list has um, the Hobbit Battle of the Five Armies official trailer. Gross. Gr- uh, also, Girls Season 4 and Orphan Black Season 3. So Woo! those are obviously very well-known milestones that people will remember. <laughs> not for good reasons. Was our video the best thing to happen to 2014? At least November 10th, 2014. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> no, I think it's funny because you kept saying like we 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 did all this for for uh, the door monster video, but realistically, this is a completely solo Kyle video, right? Yes, this is also when I started putting in a ton of work and then crediting it to a group that didn't actually do that much of the work, right? And that stayed consistent for like five years, and then still suddenly uh, I, I, the the balance of like eventually we start making jokes about how you're the only one doing the work, and at that point. Uh, we're now, I think by the time we start making jokes about it, we are making, we're doing about like 20% of the work. But at this point, this is like one of the most truly independently Kyle only videos in the entire uh, catalog. Yeah, this one was, this was actually just, it was a couple things. It was the, I needed something to start the the process off with. Uh, and I had some animation scripts that I had planned on making, but I wasn't going to be animating anymore. So I just like recycled them into uh, potentially easy live action stuff to do. This was one of them. That makes a lot of sense. This was the showcase of my maximum VFX abilities at the time. Between the last episode with all of those videos and this, we also filmed a movie. Um, right, right. Yeah, we did. themselves had happened. So we had, yeah, I, I had already kind of started learning more effects stuff on that. So this was me just kind of trying all that out, all compositing, because I, I had I was still a long way off from trying any CGI at this point. In between um, Zucchini and Rhubarb and now, right? Uh, my my hair has developed a complete character arc of its own. <laughs> Having gone from the mighty, mighty Peshwa to being a central character, perhaps more so than Scott in the guards themselves. That's all I have to say about that. I like that you just kind of talked that into existence. Like, I'm <laughs> yeah. not even sure that that was ever real. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But people now agree with you because you've just said it often enough. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's just the clippy on your shoulder. It doesn't... <laughs> I will start off with, I think... Uh, Unusually for this period of Dormonster, this video has, I would say, pretty good color grading. Yeah, I think it's because I didn't touch it much. That would make sense. Yeah, yeah. actually. <laughs> I just let the natural color of the shot be there. I kind of learned my lesson, and I think the only color grading that it actually happens in the video, because at the beginning it's all kind of dull and gray, and then I yeah. start screaming and it, like, saturates it, which is an interesting choice that I made. <laughs> I'm not sure why I did that. There's also, a lot of people have pointed out that, like, the um, the deer in the background in the opening shot, yeah. like, look at me when I start screaming, yeah. which is actually just a, a great little coincidence because I'm not actually yelling ever like because uh, this right. is this is on a golf course right behind my parents house so I never screamed because I didn't want to draw attention to myself uh, I'm just miming the yell and then I just recorded me yelling as long as possible a few times later and then like splice them together into this really long scream <laughs> you want to know something uh, particularly stupid I watched this entire video in prep for this with the closed captions on <laughs> <laughs> like I was expecting something else. All of the closed captions, just as a quick shout out, I think came from fans. I, I don't I yes. barely submitted any of them. Uh, well, they're so hard that. to do. They are actually. Even now, I have I can have uh, Adobe Premiere technically has a feature that can uh, auto generate captions, but it does a terrible job. So you have to go edit every single one of them. This is our first video to get uh, currently speaking in 2023 a million views. Oh, nice. 
It did not get it at the time. No, of course not. Yeah, I think actually it's because it's the first real sketch on the on the binge watching playlist. Yeah, um, these but, got at this time it was pretty amazing. If videos got, I want to say two or three thousand in right, the first right. couple of weeks. Well, because I remember uh, in one one comcom years down the road here. Um, uh, maybe not years, uh, because everything the time stretches out towards the infinite at this point. Um, uh, but like. It was a few, I don't know, like 10, 15 videos past A Bat by Any Other Man. A Bat by Any Other Man had not yet cracked a thousand views, and that wasn't, like, disastrous at the time. Actually, yeah, I'm probably exaggerating. There probably was only a few hundred views on this video when I released right. it. Right, I don't know, like, crack open those analytics, I don't know. My scale oh. is off. That's a good idea. I think I will do that, because I'm, I'm starting to remember, I think, actually, even with the release of Door Monster, we hit a thousand subscribers. Like, that was also the first thing. Like, I we'd had right. this YouTube channel for years covering all the videos that we've already covered on this podcast. And I think we just hit a thousand subscribers right before this video came out. Right. We, we didn't have a 1K week because we were too new. Um, but it wasn't like, it, yeah. we weren't like that, that too new. We had a we had a big 10K week and we had a big 100K week. Um, well, even even in my mind, like, at, at a thousand, it was like, oh, okay, now I've started. Like, right, even at right, the time, right. it was yeah. like, yeah, the, this hasn't mattered up until this point. Trailing uh, back down a couple of these rabbit trails real quick. Um, sure. Looking at the uh, the closed captions, right? It is closed captioned in 11 languages. Oh, I know. Oh, I forgot about that. Oh, I totally forgot. I love our fans so much. Yeah, no, they actually, they, they submitted. There's so many Arabic, Chinese, Dutch, Estonian, French, German, Irish, Norwegian, Polish, and Turkish. Yeah. So having checked it on the analytics, it looks like we got uh, 1,700 views on the first day for this one. And then it redu- it went down to like below 100 for every day after that. That's like really batting above average for the time period. I uh, We should check these on the next few videos just to kind of like, I don't know, there's got to be some like sabermetric baseball people out in the crowd who are like, yeah, yeah but probably. What, you know. Like, uh, one thing that just reminds me of things too because like the – the uh, another thing we did uh, this week was we started doing community comments on that Friday. I just decided to imitate what the YouTubers that I was watching were doing at the time because I didn't know how to run a YouTube channel necessarily other than having observed from other people because there weren't like guides available. I imitated Freddie Wong a lot in terms of just like basic channel or like running your channel because he would be very open about like how he went about doing things and like how they did their behind the scenes stuff, you know, like their scheduling and their production methods. He had a lot of behind the scenes videos and he had podcasts that I listened to. Community comments I just took straight from five second films. Actually, that was something they did. Remind me again, what is the actual overlap on on like Freddie W and five second? They all knew each other. There was the, them and Corridor were all almost the same group they were just individuals that all worked together but like several of them had like gone to film school together or had jobs or something that where they worked together right right okay i've always loved five second films because it exemplifies one of my very favorite elements of writing Uh, mark rosewater is the lead designer for magic the gathering but he's also got a really long-standing career in writing he wrote for roseanne oh uh, but he always (laughs) says that uh restrictions breed creativity yeah that was always a big thing that i tried to like embody also (laughs) right and i think five second films is probably like the purest form of that just like literally like like the atomic purity form of uh, restrictions breeding creativity. Like we have five seconds, uh, we can get two scenes, maybe three if we're dumb, 
And I like it, and they made it work every single time. Yeah. And I really that, that spirit was really inspiring between them and Freddie Wong. They they all had this very like get the product made as quickly as possible. Freddie Wong had a whole thing uh, on a podcast that I listened to where he talked about like his his understanding of like the rule of diminishing returns. His, right. his, his whole point being like the smallest amount of work that you do at the beginning is going to cover like 80 percent of the finished product. Right. It's like, like you you shoot something something and you have the footage you put together a rough edit you can watch it you throw in some basic audio editing and you're good right and then everything else after that is nitpicking and and it's helpful nitpicking it may it, it adds that level of polish but like the more time you put into it the less time you progressively get out of it and you have to right. know when to draw the line when to that call it really, yeah i was very bad at at the time right well i think like one thing that we get better at uh, uh, Actually, I would say we get better and worse at in waves, honestly, is I like we have to you have to pick your polish um, because there are yeah. some elements that I think are non-negotiable in a quote unquote door monster, capital D, capital M, uh, TM video <laughs> copyright. I guess we don't we, we never got cop- what which we, we didn't. We certainly did not get it trademarked because we were blocked by monster energy drink. Right. I, I, I'm presuming that in the podcast, you're going to end it out with just a large satanic growl so we don't get sued. <laughs> uh, but it's pretty evident when you think about it. Um, uh, but yeah, no, like uh, a, a non-negotiables, like I, I think editing pace. That's something you put all. I don't know. I, I presume you put a lot of polish into it. Like I've mentioned before, I certainly wasn't around for the editing, but it's always so tight and specific that I feel like that's something you put extra time I into. Had to, yeah, I had to learn how to divide up the time, I, and yeah. that really I think was the best thing that I learned from this. This whole thing was an experiment at the beginning, and and it and it was one the whole time. Like it stayed it stayed one, and really paid off as one because I knew that I needed to be able to release a higher quantity. So I had to make that rule where I was like. Uh, just taking a page from Freddie Wong's book, I was like, uh, videos going up on Monday, doesn't matter what state it's in. So if I want it to be good, I better make sure that it's as good as it can be. And I have to spend as much time on it as I can to make sure that happens. But also I have to acknowledge the fact that there is finite time. And yes. so I have, to, I have to pick which corners to cut because I'm not going to be able to perfect it. And I spent way more time on, let's say, this video than I did on future ones because this one was all about, like, I gave myself the week. I was like, right. I want to spend a lot of time on these effects. But I still want it up next Monday, so I'm going to start. So I filmed it, you know, a week early and spent seven days working on the effects for this one. And I think it pays off because starting now, we don't actually miss a week for a long time. It takes a while, yeah. And like, when I, I think do, I think we get a full year, right? Like maybe I, I I don't think I think at the end of the first year I had all but three weeks or something, and those three weeks were either due to complete emergencies and or right or some or or they were had actually just been like we replaced it with something else somehow, uh, even. Even if I hadn't managed to get something up, I learned more from this year of video production than I did in my three years of film school previously, just because I made so much stuff. It was really just my first understanding that like, oh, this is much this is just a much faster way of learning how to do this stuff is just Mm -hmm. doing it to the best of your ability and messing it up and then trying it again later. And I wasn't always happy. with the videos but i always had this ability to like i put it up and maybe it got 1700 views and that didn't feel like enough but i was always like i was always able to be like okay well i can't focus on that because i have to reset my sights on the new one on the next week Uh, this this overlaps with my uh my actual profession which is stupid we say this all the time about language learning classroom learning is by far the least effective and the longest method to actually learning a language um, yeah, the best way is just like you just plop somebody down in Spain with like a guidebook of uh, I have no money, 
uh, please let me eat and uh, where should I pee? And like, <laughs> and other than that, like you just kind of let them go and like they will by the end of six weeks know more than six months of classroom Spanish. Right. This is a, a, a problem with my language <laughs> because if you plop somebody down in the middle of Vatican City, uh, with, like all they're going to learn is like three stock prayers and I'm pretty sure that's it in Latin. But you know. Yeah, true. There's You really only have the one option for Latin, don't you? <laughs> right. Uh, but other, but that, that's uh, beside the point. The point is, yeah, immersion constantly uh, letting yourself make mistakes, letting yourself learn from mistakes. And then I think nursing a little grudge that you made a mistake so that you have a roaring vengeance to correct it the next time is what helps you learn. Honestly, yeah, I do think that was part of it. I had to just sort of accept that like, okay, I'm not going to have everybody here every single week. And I had scheduled with you at this point to come over and film some stuff on the next Saturday. I actually shot this entire video by myself too. That makes sense. Yeah. I, I, no one else is out there. It's just camera on tripod pointed at me. And I don't know how I focused the shot. Well, so I was going to think, like, most of them are so far away that you have infinite focus going. Yeah, probably. That's like, most of them, you're just not, like, you're in the, you you set focus to, uh, like, uh, the background, and you go. Uh, The question, so this is November, right? Yeah. Which means it's, uh, it is a nice, chilly 80 degrees out. Probably. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh... Because I'll say, like, so speaking of, like, the color grading, the one thing that really sells this video more than anything is you have a perfect Steve Blue shirt. I did. I found that at Hobby Lobby. (laughs) That was my first Hobby Lobby. All right. (laughs) They have all the solid color T-shirts. Nice. Uh, Good to know. Yeah, no, this was my first uh, first dress-up. That was also kind of a fun thing about this is that I just got to wear costumes all the time. I just got to dress up as a bunch of different characters. (laughs) Here's an off-topic sort of question. Uh, there's a huge gap between finishing the guards themselves and finishing the guards themselves, right? Oh, yeah. Do we have a completed edit at this point? No. Um, the, <laughs> the guards themselves have been shot and had a, a rough cut finish. But, yeah, no, you're right. There are two finished to the guards themselves milestones. And uh, right. the second one is not until 2015 when I actually spend, like, two straight months doing all of the post work. I was remembering because I, I was looking at the end. And I was like, "Ah, yes, the fire." Eventually, you get to generating fire effects. My recollection of it is you saying uh, that it's basically just glowy smoke. Yeah. Usually. So here's a secret: I still have not gotten to generating fire effects. <laughs> nice, awesome, cool. Okay, cool. I kind of have tried, and it was a mistake that I chose not to repeat later because it's actually really hard to do. <laughs> just generally talking about the effects here, uh, the 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 one that, that sticks out the most to me is uh, breaking away this wall from the garage. Yeah, that was actually a a stock effect too. They had uh, they had this like fake gray pre-generated wall. So I actually got this shot to match the one that I had so that the angle was correct. <laughs> Genuinely was like this old like they had made it in the 3D modeling software and had done the simulation and everything and you just had that video footage and it was gray so you could set it to overlay to match whatever you were putting it on. So this is just my garage door open and I faked that wall in Photoshop, I think, and then I put the crack effect on it. It doesn't look real. It sells the point, I guess. Well, and also, to be fair, we're, we're emulating what is effectively fake 16-bit. Bit. Right. There was a lot of... Um making an excuse for how the effects look. I definitely tried right. to sort of use the context to be uh, kind to myself <laughs> in terms of how right. much work I actually had to put in. And we will get back to that eventually with our, our first No Man's Sky video, I remember, actually. Oh, um, yeah. Uh, no, I've, uh, my ultimate, my favorite version of this now is just make it look like an old 80s TV show because then right. you can get away with anything. 
And we actually do that several times throughout our, our catalog. To the point where uh, I'm not done. I fully plan. I have a whole uh, Magic the Gathering short film, at least, that I want to do that is purely imitating like old 80s fantasy. Partially because I actually, I love that look and the feel of that so much and it's actually another reason why I, this i do i do really like doing like complicated effects and stuff but there's something about like having to work around the tools that you have that is just always enjoyable there is nothing uh, i love more in in just in life in general i mean throwing to a situation with subpar tools and uh, just being able to exercise the willpower and brain power to make it work. Right. And I think like, – As long as there's no actual stakes. That's the that's, that's where my true. brain yeah, right, drops right, right. a lot. If there are actual stakes, <laughs> I'm sitting on the floor crying, calling my mom or whatever. Like it's <laughs> – right. you know. Um, uh, but – uh, in in ways where it doesn't, it completely doesn't matter. Like uh, say the work you do for a living, but I don't. I don't. Know, I just love that that exercise of brain power, and I really think that filmmaking is probably like the premier way to do this in the world. I think my favorite example of it in this video is the sheep punch. That's still probably one of my favorite effects uh, ever, and will continue to be, even though it's not like one of my best ones technically, because it's just this. Sure. This whole con this weird combination of it's a base plate of me just punching the air. Uh, and then I got like a shot of a like a like a stock footage shot of a sheep that looked like it could be standing roughly in the same place. And then I got just like two bags of stuffing also from Hobby Lobby, probably, and just threw it up into the air for another shot and let it fall to the ground and then combined it all like was able to like go in and just kind of like tweak it all so that it looks like I punched the sheep away and then all of its wool stays put and then falls onto the ground a couple of a couple of small notes here first off I have this paused on a, like a still frame of the sheep before you punch it and you can kind of see some like I I maybe this is just my bad uh filmmaking expertise like filtering in but it looks like there's green filtering up on onto the left side of the sheep which makes me think, do they just, like, bring a sheep onto a green screen to film this? No, because I'm actually looking at the original footage right now. There's a VFX breakdown video that I'll also link in the description of this one oh, if you want to see more of it. Uh, but it's just standing on some grass. It could just be reflecting from the environment around it. Like, I that couldn't see color well enough and still can't to confirm if any of the lighting matched. Uh, right. Uh, secondly, speaking of matching, um, have you ever seen a sheep before or do you know that you are about four foot four in this shot? <laughs> I needed the punch to land in the right place. <laughs> <laughs> this is like a small cow sized sheep. <laughs> it might it might be accurate to Minecraft, though. I don't know. I've thrown You're on, right. Actually, <laughs> like if you go into if you go into I, genuinely, though, if you go into Minecraft in VR, everything is so much bigger than you think it is. <laughs> well, that's because they're uh, instead of feet. Right. We have uh, one unit of measurement and that is a block. Right. Right. You, things are either one or two blocks high, which I think is equivalent to like a meter in real life or something. Right. It's so it's big. roughly three feet. Like, um, yeah, the punch does land. So you were right. This is the right call. Uh, yeah. It's that's just one of those fun quirks of like making the effect work. <laughs> and this one has a lot of stuff like that because I I was just using anything at my disposal at the end of the day it needed to look it just needed yeah. to be what i wanted it to be i think other highlights are swimming up the waterfall usually gets a, a shout out in the comments right it gives you like uh, a little graph of where people are most watching right oh yeah and like uh it definitely you can see the peaks rising during the waterfall really people <laughs> that, that means that people had to have come back to watch the waterfall scene i think they did that seems to be yeah. everybody's favorite one they maybe even have like gifted and put it around the internet somewhere that one was fun because it was just 
That was just green screen. That was just good green screen work of me like laying on something and pretending I was swimming. The tree growing is pretty janky and probably my least favorite shot, but it was like the punchline as I had written it in and I just needed it to be in there. So I, I actually really it. like the jankiness of the, the tree growing yeah. because it's so, it, well, it sort of represents going back to this. If we just pretend it's a fake 64 bit, 16 bit, right. whatever video, like this is not dissimilar from how stupid trees, stupid grow in stupid <laughs> Minecraft. This is like the crowning achievement of somebody who never plans to do another v VFX in their life yeah <laughs> exactly that's a good way to put it uh and i i love it for that especially because like i mean i don't know like like everything about it's just like a little wrong like you are now actually the size of like a large squirrel <laughs> yeah i did uh, not pay any attention to like size no, or anything and, there's so and many I, things i think it all makes it the tree is actually color graded in perfectly oh huh. it's a different color than the foreground or background trees but it should be because of the way the lighting is so like at, i think it's it's a perfect fit at some point i learned a trick from corridor uh, way back when they probably don't even use it anymore, but it was, uh, you could basically turn everything to grayscale and then go into each color channel and make it match to your eyes in grayscale. And then when you switched it back to color, it would, it would match. Cause like the way that it right. visually represented that color spectrum in grayscale helped you like accurately match it up. Um, so that was my cheat for a while and it's not perfect cause it would still come out weird sometimes. Uh, but I, I do think I hit some sort of equilibrium around this time using that trick where it was like, okay, that's, that's not technically completely wrong. <laughs> it's I, uh, at least uh, this green or whatever. This reminds me of one of my favorite anecdotes uh, from your life um, uh, that I was happy to be there for, which was hanging around the Art Institute, which, by the way, I did a lot for somebody who had no reason to be there, talking to uh, the color editor for the Gars themselves. He was like... Uh, dragging the, the the dot around to different parts of the color wheel and demanding uh, that you tell him what color it was. Yeah, people are, are uh, always very amused by the fact that I can't see color, which I, I've never entirely understood <laughs> why that's so entertaining. It's, but... it's so much more of a boring disability than my version of it, um, which is uh, <laughs> being tone deaf. Because uh, I, I, I relate to your color blindness with my tone deafness because they're basically the same thing with different uh, face organs. Right. No, that makes sense. Uh, very rarely does uh, like your performance aspects of color are like drawing stuff, but you're also talented at drawing. So like when you color a fireman's coat ultra radioactive green instead of yellow, everybody's like, that's a weird color for a coat. But my God, his line work is amazing. <laughs> uh, uh, but when I when I impressively fail to hit every note of firework in exactly the wrong way, so much that like a four year old should be able to get some of it on accident. <laughs> It's so much more entertaining for people. I should be made fun of more, and you should be made fun of less. I don't know why. We really just haven't showcased uh, your singing at all. My color just kind of became right. noticed because it was a part of the video work. Actually, though, those who shall not be named, that is to say, Ricky Lynn. There's several times when he makes me sing at the end of There's Rules for That. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, And there's a one Door Monster video where I was, uh, for some cruel reason, asked to sing, but I believe your better demons took over and you didn't use my voice <laughs> oh, track. That's right. When I had everybody do the genuinely, I think that was the first time that I I truly understood the depths of you not being able to sing. It was for the, so... it was the Crusader Kings video, the musical yes. that I did, and I was like, I'm gonna have a chorus of people in the background just doing this one simple melody, and I'll put them all together, and it'll be fine. Just can't. It doesn't matter who is doing it because none of them will be audible among the other ones. But then, yeah, no, I have a whole, I have a like a ten minute long file of you just not managing to hit the notes. It's not only it's it's the interaction of being able to hit notes and like, rhythm. I'm actually pretty good at usually but i couldn't hit the rhythm either because i was trying but what's frustrating is i can i'm not gonna say i'm good at it but i can kind of hit the actual king song in hamilton 
Oh, really? Um, your version's harder. <laughs> Anyways, back back to the point. Uh, you were flummoxing uh, Gary because you were calling out the correct colors, uh, but only because you knew where each color was supposed to be on the color wheel. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I, I had I had that by this point had learned generally where in the color spectrum in the visualized color spectrum on Adobe software each color was. And it made him so mad, and I love that <laughs> because you you were you were stone faced. You were not giving up the game. I love that. We have we'll have to. I don't know if this is interesting for a podcast as it involves visuals, but there there are right. images that Allison has pulled up where like it will correct the image to. Show show normal people what uh things look like to people with color blindness and when yeah. i see them i can't tell the difference between right, those and the originals but the weird part is i can tell you what colors they're supposed to be allison can show me just huh. the picture that's wrong where she can't tell what colors they are because the colors are wrong and i can point to it and say that's yellow and it isn't but then if she pulls open the original photo it is yellow it's supposed to be yellow. like my brain has somehow compensated for it so i don't know it's weird right which uh, which which colorblind are you do you uh, know that i don't remember the name of it i always forget. yeah okay they it's all have one stupid of the names anyway ones it's the most common okay. one that has nothing to do with Minecraft is intense. Sorry. That's okay. <laughs> I do want to point out before uh, before we get too late in is how important Minecraft was at the time, but in a different way than now. Yeah, we, you know, we, we had just passed that era in my memory. Like we, you and I and our other friends spent a lot of time on Minecraft in its early alpha days because it right. was our way of hanging out outside of uh, all being in, in separate places. That was kind of what we did back when I played video games every day. We had a whole Minecraft server and a whole world that we had built, and that's how we spent time together. Um, but then I didn't make a Minecraft video for years afterwards to the point where, at, at the time, it was like, well, Minecraft's irrelevant now, and obviously that was not true because it never became irrelevant. It had a weird dip, though, I think. It did. That's a good point. I think we really, honestly, like became real friends over Minecraft. Probably. Yeah, no, that's absolutely true. A lot of my early memories of you probably take place in a, a fictional world. <laughs> right. And that's that's great. Uh, it's like because it's it, that, that makes it as real to me as anything else. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, but then there's like a dip where like, I don't know, like only Yogg's cast is doing Minecraft because only Yogg's cast is smart. Right. Um, but <laughs> but smart in off. a stupid way. They were yeah. The ones yeah. Doing uh, Minecraft content like first. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and I don't know. I never. I, I always watched their videos, but I never like wanted to do those kinds of videos. But we were playing around for a while with like different types of content that wasn't sketches. Because we started this up. So true to form, we made a Minecraft video during the one weird dry spell where people weren't yeah. that into Minecraft. <laughs> Absolutely, we did. So yep. Go us. Uh, but also, I finally started this up just slightly too late. This is kind of where like our whole conflict with YouTube's preferred type of video started is I finally started doing these weekly comedy sketches and at the end of 2014 and that length of video and that style of video had already started being pushed out about a year earlier I'd say yeah uh, in favor of things like Yogg's cast's 20 minute gameplay videos mm -hmm. and that and the gameplay uh, style had really started taking off around the time that we started posting these. Uh, YouTube preferred videos that were 20 minutes long, so people would do these really long, like, gameplay sessions, and then they would, uh, cut them up into shorter videos, and they would release long videos every day, and that was how you blew up in views. Uh, and we did the opposite of that, so... As usual, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't bother me as much now, 
at the time it no. did, I was always really annoyed that the thing I wanted to do didn't align with the thing that was right. paying off. It was always kind of frustrating to me, and I never really knew how to deal with it, but I, w- I never wanted to... I, I guess I made a decision. I was always... I, I probably shouldn't have been, like, continuously frustrated because I, I chose which one I wanted. I chose to do right. the thing that we wanted to make and not to do the thing that was going to keep making us money. But it definitely always sat in the back of my mind like a little bit annoyed until very recently honestly have i only started like feeling okay about that and like i made the correct decisions i guess i always doubted the decision that i had made is the main thing i was never sure i'm so glad that you've reached a better uh, a better place of healing and mental health with that because uh, can you imagine the alternative where you uh dedicate an entire podcast and name it something uh, bitter and accurate about how youtube has failed you as a platform <laughs> uh that would be an awful future <laughs> well you know i can do it now because it's a joke right because it's funny it doesn't hurt anymore so no no of course that's why um, you can yeah that's why you can Remember, just... i am actually very glad that you've, you've reached that place that's good yeah um, I, because I, I i think all the time like i have always been in your 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 camp of uh, do the thing that you love instead of the thing that makes me money so yeah i had a i had a lot of a lot of influences that kind of led me into making these paladin-esque decisions uh right. often against my own comfort <laughs> even like like uh freddie w like uh, i presume like uh, like bill watterson and calvin and hobbs who you've mentioned before as part of your your foundational aspect of uh like oh yeah anti-consumptive absolutely. uh influence it was and it's, it's always, his fault it, he did he did this to me <laughs> and it's it's a uh, it's sort of like this does fall into the camp of like uh, bo burnham has a great interview where he talks about like uh don't take advice on luck in following your dreams from taylor swift it works for her <laughs> right um, <laughs> <laughs> and you did just that and i'm glad that you did i'm glad that you did because well i, I there were points where i could have made different decisions like we're going to get to the civ videos like right. i i the smart technically smart decision early on would have been at the very least to just keep making civ videos like to just dry up that well and then move on i've always had tr- trouble living in the moment so even making these i was looking into this future where we would be going back and looking at these old videos so hi me, but I was, I, I spaced stuff out. Like even next week, we're going to get to the Sims videos and yeah. we batch recorded those and I released them every other week rather right. than all at once because I thought it would be, I was picturing people paying close attention to the channel and watching every single week as they came out as if it was like an, I treated it like an episodic TV show. That's what it was. I didn't treat yeah. it like a YouTube channel. Cause I didn't understand that tactic of just, just pure quantity at the time, which is right. which ha- turns out is the money making tactic when it comes to capitalism <laughs> or anything well, yeah. within but this, no, this actually, field. I really think actually that when it comes to specifically to these sim videos, I this is getting in the next video, but I think you were exactly right to do that, and I'll talk more about that next time. Uh, like I, I think at times episodic, like treating like an episodic it, uh, content is important at very specific stages of our, de- of our development, and that includes right now with this being our first weekly video. Well, and that's you know at the time that's what I wanted, and it still is. I guess I, I guess that's the thing. I'm I, I went through a period of like wondering if I had made the right calls, but looking back on it even now. Uh, the thing that I wanted at the time was actually exactly what I got. Like we created the situation that I wanted to create, which was we we had a, we developed a very dedicated fan base that is still listening to this podcast right now. Hello, backdoor. Right. Uh, and <laughs> I don't know why that was the first name that came to mind, but they, they're all there. Uh, yeah. And we um, like 
it it worked because at the end of this year we made a finale video that people watched and they were like i understood all of that <laughs> because right. i watched everything in order in real time as it came out and we got to hide doodlecon in the background of the videos and we got to do all these like fun things that we the the platform allowed for i guess that was the yeah. fun thing i i had watched people take advantage of and have fun with this platform in 2010 and i wanted to do that youtube feels like a mockery at this point <laughs> which is why we sure. the podcast this but you know it's the death of youtube because it was something that felt alive at a certain point like youtube right. was the coolest shit at one point it was so cool that this thing existed where you could you could publish this fictional world of your own and then it could even interact with other people's by like having guests guest appearances onto your videos like it was it was just free room television to me i guess that's that's what it was it felt like you could just go on and make your own your that's own nice. show and that's what i wanted to do and that's what we did and it worked so, and that's uh and not unlike minecraft actually <laughs> um, man i'm good okay so i was thinking we could close these episodes out by revisiting some of the comments absolutely i was actually thinking the same oh, thing good i don't know if we'll stick to it but i figured we could start right i'm just looking at the first comment the top comment that is currently on this page which is uh, from eight years ago about when it first came out from green lantern 8248 and he says really cool glad you guys are sharing your talent with us keep it up white lightning which Reminds me that we weren't door monster yet. <laughs> right. I keep, I, I haven't been mentioning it, but no, we're not door monster for like, geez, ever. I don't know. Uh, not until 2016, actually. This is a White Lightning HQ production at the time. Gross. Which, uh, I guess I'll, I, we can talk about that later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fine. <laughs> it's too that's fine. late in the podcast to explain <laughs> what, what, what that was. Thank you all for listening. If you've been enjoying, listening to these podcasts uh you can go to patreon.com slash door monster and you can support uh us making these and continuing to make videos on the main channel i guess that's pretty much it <laughs> that's yeah yep that's it so we will see you uh next week bye-bye